You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, On the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for Courtney and Kim Take New York. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Courtney and Kim news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, it's After Buzz TV for Courtney and Kim Take New York. Well, hello, hello, Kardashian fans. I'm Jackie Moran calling in from New York, and I'm here to break down tonight's part one of the season finale of Courtney and Kim Take New York we have only one episode to go until we have all of our answers, guys, um, to make that season-long decision. Was this marriage ever real between Chris and Kim? And I know my co-hosts are dying to chat with me about it. We all turned off the NFL playoffs, turned off the Giants, and uh, turned on the Kardashians. So let me introduce them. Mari Fagel with the LegalLady.com taking our season-long poll is on the line. Welcome, Mari. Hey, Jackie. Yes, well, I did have to miss the Giants win and victory. I was glad to see Kim and Chris because I feel like I have more answers now. Yes, absolutely. You can follow her on Legal Lady Tweets and uh, Mari Fagel. And Mari, I hope you have an updated poll result for us. I do. Okay, well, stick with us. We'll, we'll share those results soon. And let me introduce our co-host holding it down in the L.A. studio, Mark Allen. Welcome back, Mark. That's right. Thank you very much. How are you ladies doing tonight? We are doing fabulous, and we're over in New York. You're over in L.A. Hopefully, well, I don't know. We only have one more week to reunite on the L.A. set, but uh, I heard you're not, you weren't rooting for anyone in particular, so you were okay to just get the updates on your phone and watch Kardashians tonight, right? Yeah, so it worked <laughs> out for me. I, I knew it was a good game, so I think it'll be a good mat- matchup for the uh, Super Bowl, so. All right. Well, uh, you can follow him on uh, Twitter at Mark E. A. Mark E. Allen, right? That's right. A-L-A-N. Okay. And uh, we were all tweeting through the show because I can't believe it, guys. Next week, our last episode to decide what we think about this Chris and Kim relationship. And as you said, Mari, we certainly got some answers this week. I'm thinking two things at this point. How could this have ever been real for Kim with the way she's acting? And how could she act like this with Kayla and the whole sister visiting thing? I, I think Twitter went crazy about this part of the show. And I just don't know what to make of Kim. I really don't want to say I'm not her, a fan of hers. I really like her. But it's just through this portion of the relationship, you know, playing out on TV, I cannot side with her. I am still not hating on Chris. And let's just get right into it. Let's talk about 
the whole sister, Kayla, you know, that's Chris's sister, obviously, coming to town because this scene to me was so telling. And, of course, we're going to get to John Edward. And, by the way, I have exclusive details about him. I know him live in person. My family knows him very well, so I'm going to give you some exclusive details on that reading. But first, I have to talk about Kayla because here's my opinion, and I feel like a lot of my followers on Twitter felt this way too. You can follow me at Jackie Moran. How can you treat Chris's sister like that? Okay, the only thing I'm going to give Kim is that she asked that he should have given her advance notice. Okay, fine. But no matter what, your job really basically is to film this show. And we're watching you film it. And so how could you not have time to meet with his sister on camera. It's just, I don't understand it. To me, she was totally avoiding her from her snotty comment in the car saying, oh, well, if I have an opening, I'll come meet you quick, to her wanting to go to sleep when she first arrived. I mean, everything about Kim's actions were just, as you said, Mari, I believe you said it on Twitter, like reprehensible. How can she act this way, and then at the end, she has the nerve to be like, you're right, I feel bad. I hope she doesn't hate me. Well, what do you think she's going to think of you? Even if your relationship is not going well, you still do not act this way. It is totally rude. She seemed to not even care to change her schedule, yet she changed it for John Edward in a heartbeat. So that's my take on it, but I'm dying to hear. Mari and Mark, what do you guys make of this scene? Well, I have to say that, yeah, like I tweeted, that it was totally reprehensible. And what was even more shocking to me is she found time in her busy schedule for a psychic, but not for her husband's sister. So I will say, Jackie, she wasn't trying to even hide the fact that she wasn't finding time. Like, it wasn't she was like, oh, I'm so busy, I just can't find time. She said that to Kayla, but to viewers, she admitted, she said... I feel awkward with what's going on with me and Chris right now, and I don't know, like, how I feel about seeing his sister. And so she did admit that that was the reason why. Um, but it's like the whole entire episode, I kept thinking, talk to your husband. Talk to your husband. Like, she's constantly looking for answers in all the wrong places when you should just be open and talk to him. And, you know, I just thought that she, the entire episode, the, like, main thing I kept thinking is she gave up. She's totally given up at this point. We are watching someone who is unwilling to even try. No conversation between her and Chris would fix it, nothing. At this point, in her mind, she's given up. And, you know, and that, and that's really sad because she gave up on the marriage way, way, way too soon. Like I said last week, even Chloe said, I may want to see what it's like when you go back to Los Angeles. And it's like, you know... Chris, poor Chris has had to deal with him, with her and all her sisters and everything, and, you know, living with them for two months, and she can't deal with his sister visiting for a couple of days. I just thought it was totally terrible. And I will say, most people on Twitter um, agreed with me. Amher, our favorite, Miss Amher G, she said, Kayla was right. Kim avoided her. I'm over Kim's attitude, too. I honestly think Kim cares less. She's get glad Kayla's gone. And uh, we had Southern... Southern Siren was also tweeting, um, and she was saying, Kim whines so much about respect, but she gives none to others. The only good like person I saw who was actually defending Kim here was Improv Mama 10 tweeted, she gave up too soon, question mark. 
did you see how Chris patted her on the head and sent messages by messing up the apartment? I guess she sees it like Chris is doing wrong, but in my eyes, Kim is definitely more to blame. I think and so, Mark, too. Mark, I yeah. love having a guy on the show because <laughs> I, I love hearing what guys have to think versus girls in relationships and watching relationships. I feel like guys always bring a different perspective. How would you feel right now if you were Chris in his shoes, with Kim acting the way she was. Like, I know you want to eventually meet Kim and marry her yourself, Mark, but put that aside for a second (laughs) (laughs) and look at this, uh, you know, even Keel. What did you make of Kim throughout this whole scene? I don't know. I I found myself, you know, through the years, I I would say siding more with stuff uh, with uh, Kim in the um, things that she goes through. But in this, I just really think there's, there's no excuse for it. I don't care who you are. I mean, I know she has a busy schedule, and I like. I really like, uh, like what you said about uh, um, her. Her her job is solely to film this show, and I totally agree with you on that one. But I mean, if somebody comes in town, especially since she kind of reached out to her before, and um, with Chris not giving her any really advance notice, hey, my sister's coming. I, I don't know if it was a day before or whatnot, and then she uh, kind of shows up late night after a busy day. But you have to make some some effort in, in, in to hang out with her. But uh, I know at this point, you know, she's over the relationship and she, you know, she's kind of hinted on it here and there. But I don't know. There's there's really no excuse for it. I guess she, she really didn't realize, you know, maybe to the, the extent of what uh, she was doing until, you know, his sister left early and sent her that text. And then it kind of hit home a little bit. But. I think she's just she's she's so close to the end of it that she just doesn't even care anymore. But still, two thumbs down for me. I mean, that's the crazy thing. Even when she sent the text and then she talked with Chris about it, like Chris could have come up. Chris is a doofus. I mean, I I've agreed <laughs> on that, Mari. I know you have plenty of, of nicknames for him. He is a doofus. I mean, even Scott imitates him. Like. He, I, but he genuinely seems like a pretty good guy overall to me. Like, he may be rough around the edges. He may grunt and do all these things. But, you know, he seemed genuinely excited to see his sister. And seeing him with his sister makes me realize that he's pretty much a good guy at the end of it. So what is he really doing wrong? We are now around the corner from the finale. Can you guys please shed some light for me because maybe I'm missing it. What is what has he really done wrong to make Kim be so shut down? Why is she so shut down already? What am I missing? That's the only reason I keep wondering this had to be fixed because there's nothing that I've seen besides him being annoying, which you learn before you marry someone if you think someone's annoying. Why else would she be shut down already? Do you have an answer, either of you? Because I'm certainly missing it. I will say, you know how I've talked about talked shit about Chris all season long? I've slowly been softening towards him and just hating him more and more. And what was so interesting, I thought this episode, is you can tell that Chris is really struggling with the cameras. Because did I miss it? Or was the conversation that she had with Chris about John Edwards, did we see that? Because I felt like she was talking to Courtney about it. And it was like, where was that conversation? And then you see... Chris getting in the elevator and he's like, I don't want to talk right now. I don't want to talk right now. And she's like running after him. Like, it seems like he's just 
really wanting his alone time and his privacy, and he's just like, you can tell he's really struggling with it, and I can't blame him. His wife is the only person that he feels connected to in this crazy alternate reality that is Kardashian land, and she's totally shutting him out. So I just I feel really bad for him. I think he must feel really, really isolated at this point. I, I think he feels isolated too, but I don't know. I, I think as far as someone in a relationship, maybe he's not the best. And especially, you know, after this short relationship that they had, you know, for someone who doesn't seem like he's so great in relationships in the first place, to be thrown into a TV show and have to, you know, be affectionate through the, you know, on camera, that's not, I don't think that's easy. Um, So I'll give him that, but I don't think it's fixed. If you're going to fix the relationship, I think fix it with somebody else. Like, I mean, nobody knew uh, Chris Humphrey was before. And why, you know, fix it with him? I think they would have picked... Pick LeBron James, maybe or something, but um, um, but I don't know. I, I, I from a guy's standpoint, I can see where this is kind of rough for him. I, I I just don't think he's the relationship type, and um, I mean, but given a, a shot like he had with you know Kim Kardashian, maybe that I mean he had to take the chance, I guess. I don't know. Maybe he's not the reality relationship type. I I totally see what you guys are saying. Like. Mari, I think him having struggling with the cameras, I, we did not see them talking about it. We just saw him walking out. And almost like when she followed him up the stairs and was banging on the door, I feel like that's where the conversation like went wrong and he went upstairs maybe and we didn't see that. And then he just came down and she tried to make it like he's shutting down. He's so shut down. Like the other part, this is the other part where she tried to make him look bad, I think. And I'm just like wondering, he doesn't look shut down to me. He just doesn't want to have some fight on, on reality TV cameras. And, you know, I can't blame him. He didn't sign up for this. He wanted to just marry someone that he thought he might have loved. You know, I don't think no matter what, I don't think Chris bought into any fixing of anything. I just think he got swept up and is so not able to handle it at this point. And I don't think he's shut down. I don't think, like, I'm looking at him bad at that point either. I, and I do think we missed something there. Um, but even still, like, she says he shut down, but she's, to me, the one who's totally shut down on the grand, bigger picture of the relationship. And you guys agree on that? I 100% agree. She's totally given up on it. And I think that is so disrespectful. And I think that she hasn't learned at all from her lessons. I know we'll get into the psychic, but when he said, have you learned from your first marriage and from the mistakes of that, like, if anything, you should have learned from that, that marriage is not something to take lightly and that it's hard work and that you need to work on it. And I'm just, like, totally shocked that she gave up on it. And the only only sort of justification I have for her giving up on the marriage so fast is that it was never real in the first place. Yeah, and I think, I mean... 100%. 100%. I think she gave up, you know, it, he he didn't really see this coming. I think maybe he thought things would just work themselves out. But I mean, that's why you got to talk. I mean, you got to talk these things out. I mean, every once in a while, maybe it's like, let's take a time out and, you know, make sure everything is going good. And they obviously didn't do that because um, he definitely was swept up. And uh, she's she's about to drop the hammer. Right. Now, some, I, I totally agree, Mari. Something had to be fake for it to go sour so fast. But what was it about it that was fake? You know, like, I, that's what I think is a big question that I think with one episode to go, I'm still not sure where I really stand on where the fake 
part of the relationship came into play. Like if Tim knowingly entered into it being fake or thought it was real but was really fake and didn't give it time, you know, I'm just still so confused. But as you said, there's no way it could go wrong so fast without something not being real. And by the way, coming up in News and Gossip, guys, there's a very important story showing just how unreal some of these scenes are that we've been seeing on this season of the uh, Kim and Courtney, Courtney and Kim take New York. So stay tuned for that little bit of news and gossip. But um, speaking of the psychic or medium, as I should call him, um, and talking about being real and not real, let's get into that because I just want to give our listeners some exclusive information. I happen to know John Edward very well. He is a family friend, uh, business and personal, and he has done a taped reading in my family home, so live. So that was the background to one of his tapings. So, And he actually read members of my family. So I can vouch for him. I was surprised the Kardashians didn't know who he was. He's had television shows. He's had specials. He's had DVDs. He's been in a multitude of media outlets. So I'm surprised they didn't know who he is. He, I can vouch for him. He is the real deal. Here's what happens with John. He just gets visuals. He gets images, and he just has to come out with them. And that's why he laid down those ground rules. He's really very straightforward about that when he does readings because he just gets what the information he gets. He doesn't quite know, you know, like it's almost like a, like a cloud, and then he just has to give the information. So I can promise you from the readings I've seen live in my own family home, he is the real deal. So just a bit of exclusive info. But I'm curious to know, where do you guys stand on, as just viewers not knowing him, do you find him to be the real deal, or did you side with Courtney and Chris on this? This is what I think. Because listening to him, some of those things he could have Googled. First of all, the fact that Chris is to blame for the marriage, you could have Googled because, like she said in her book that came out, she cheated on um, on Robert. The whole O.J. Simpson's daughter drowning, I Googled that after, and obviously it came up. Um, just you know, he was married to his first wife, his like high school sweetheart, and they have three kids together, and the youngest daughter died in a pool while under the wife's care in 1979, um, and O.J. always blamed her. So I, I was reading about that. Um, so some of the things he could have Googled, but a lot of the things I thought there was like no way he could have known that. And that's when I, I really believed it. Just, um, I don't know. There were certain things about his death. I thought it was really, really interesting. It sounds like his wife, the same wife who is now claiming that Chloe isn't his child, sounds like she tried to block the family from him when he was dying because they were like, they didn't you start to say her name by name, uh, Kim and Courtney, but they're saying like, yeah, she tried, you know, she tried to block us. And there were so many things surrounding the death and Kylie being the foiled, having the dream and the tooth and the blonde hair. There were so many things that he couldn't have Googled. That is what made me believe it was real. But still at the end of the day, I don't know why Kim is looking for answers with a psychic and from her dad or looking for answers from her dad. Like, Look for answers from your husband. Have a conversation with your husband, you know? Yeah, I think so too. um, John Edwards, I remember watching Crossing Over, you know, when that show was on the air and I was a big fan of that show. And um, 
you know, I've had certain experiences um, with this kind of stuff too. Um, I haven't been to a psychic, but I've I have friends that you know that feel things and whatnot. And um, I definitely believe everything. Um, however, I found myself, you know, when he first started, and I like how he how professional he was and how he kind of breaks it down. And this is how it's going to work. Follow the rules. Um, and I found myself kind of like Mario. The first few things was like, uh, oh, all right, Google, and eh, Google, and. Okay, Google. But then as it went a little bit further and it got a little more emotional, um, you know, things that he wouldn't know. And I like how, you know, Kim was kind of trying to prove that point. You know, that those are things that, you know, people really wouldn't wouldn't know. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with her wanting to go to, you know, having John Edwards come in. I like what Scott said, um, you know, where he was talking about, you know, just support her because, I mean, with the idea of, you know, talking to somebody on the other side is, um, is you know, it's always kind of a weird subject you, as, you know, for myself. I don't know really how I feel about it, but at the same time, I kind of, uh, like I said, I side with Scott and just really, you know, if somebody wants to do that, then, you know, I think, think go for it and you kind of just have to support it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't know that I would want to do something like that, but, um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was cool. I mean, um, it was cool to see John Edwards do something like that again after not seeing him, um, you know, not being on his show for, for so long. So, um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was cool that they brought him in on that. Yeah, I definitely, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised you guys would come around because it's so hard to want to believe just the intangible. I, I totally agree. But once, if you ever get the opportunity to see him live or be read by him, it's, it's just a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And, again, the Kardashians just getting so lucky they don't even realize how lucky they were to meet mm-hmm. with him. And I agree with Mari. I don't think that this, as interesting as the scene was, I don't think this was a solution to anything. I just don't understand why people are not calling Kim out more I mean, I don't blame them for calling him out on this whole thing because here she is doing ridiculous methods to say she's working or trying or whatever she might be trying to use this reading as an excuse for. But in my opinion, she's doing nothing to try. This is not her trying. This is like more of a made-for-TV segment, which was still very interesting. But what answers was she really going to get? I mean, she has to... Be mature, sit down with Chris, maybe try a little bit. And, you know, we're not seeing that up until now. One more episode to go. We're not seeing that from Kim. I'm not seeing what I've wanted to see from Kim at all with this relationship. And that leaves me very upset. And I don't think we're going to see it next week because it's pretty much over. So, I'm I'm really just not happy with the example Kim is setting here. I'm not happy with how this all went down. I'm not I don't feel I've gotten my answers and I'm a little frustrated as a viewer right now. <laughs> of course I can't help but watch it. You turn off the <laughs> NFL playoffs to put it on, but I'm frustrated. So I, I don't know, where do you guys stand? As just knowing we're not gonna get that much more because the, pretty much the end is here. Um, I'm just wondering if we're going to see, like, the divorce filing or, like, all that happen on the show, because I know we'll talk about this in predictions, like, what goes down next week. I just want to know, like, if we're really going to see the very, very end of it. And it sounded like from the media, just when all of it was going down, that she never even told him and that she just kind of filed for divorce. And I honestly, at this point, they're communicating so little 
but I would not be surprised if she just up and filed for divorce and never said anything because his statement after she filed seems like he was totally blindsided because he left a statement that was like, I love my wife, I want to work on my marriage, and it sounds like very much the same tone of the show right now, which is she's given given up and she's not willing to talk to him. And so I honestly wouldn't be surprised if she just up and filed, but I would like to see that on the show. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, kind of going into the last episode, it feels like, you know, all the cards are, are basically on the table and it's just, you know, I'm throwing in the towel too. It's like it, going into the last episode, it's basically just, okay, let's see how far they do take it. But... I don't know. The, the most interesting part of the show was was the John Edwards part, and that was you know kind of irrelevant to the you know her getting answers in the first place. But I don't know. I, I don't think Chris Humphrey really, um, as far as you know, a person or a basketball a basketball player, he's not given. He's not representing the NBA very well as far as like somebody out of, out of the NBA because. You know, people all say, you know, this that's not you know, this is how jocks act, this is how girls act, this is how cheerleaders act. He's he's straight up jock. Just how the stereotypical jock in high school when you like oh they they're not smart. That's Chris Humphrey. He's he he just seems so such such a dud now and a doofus, just like you said, but I don't know, he's not giving me much. He's not giving me much hope. <laughs> well from a guy see from a guy's perspective looking at him as a jock, he's not giving you much hope with Kim. She's not giving me much hope as a role model. So, you know, I guess we're a little, all a little frustrated here with the Kim and Chris storyline. But that's why I always say, thank gosh for storyline B, which is Courtney and Scott. Because even though this storyline has been, I feel like, repeated in every episode just with a different topic of Courtney not giving Scott enough recognition and attention and acknowledgement like we've seen it every episode but I still look for it and wait for it as the relief to Kim and Chris and so I love watching them I think they're hysterical they always lighten the mood and again here I am waiting to talk about them till the end because they lighten the mood for me and they just pull off these crazy things that they either get assigned to do or decide to do on a whim the whole portrait thing I think was hysterical yet again. Um, certainly, I'm curious to know what you guys think about Courtney finding that pictures around a house are cheesy because for me, that's like, as she said, her mom and her sisters are obsessed. I'm also obsessed. I have so many pictures around all my homes. I think it's what makes them homey. So I, ha- I have to say, I disagree with her on that. I wonder what you guys think as a, a guy and a girl perspective here. But um no matter what, this was, again, another light storyline, but I liked it. I think they always come out with funny things. The unibrow thing was hysterical, and I actually kind of liked Kim doing a photo shoot of them at the end. The pictures actually came out pretty good, and I was I was kind of, if I was liking Kim at all in this episode, I really liked that scene. Maybe it's because I have the model background and I just enjoy that, but that was actually one of my favorite parts of the episode was the mini photo shoot on the balcony. But, uh, Mari, I know you're a huge Scott fan, so jump in here. <laughs> what did you think of uh, Courtney and Scott tonight? Um, I'm surprised that just as a girl that she doesn't like having photos around, but I'm more surprised that as a mother because most people – like, even if they're not that into photos, when they have a kid, they're, like, always into taking photos and stuff. Um, I'm not sure why Scott was so hung up on having a professional photo, because, like, I tweeted this, like, 
they probably have a million paparazzi photos that they could up and frame. Those are basically professional photos. Like, not paparazzi. I guess, I guess they mean the ones where they're, like, on the red carpet or doing certain events. I just feel like they probably have a lot of those. Or, like, you know, Chris Jenner's, like, crazy um, Christmas card photo shoots and things like that. Like, I feel like they have a lot of opportunities for professional photos. Um, but I love the storyline. I mean, the whole... They're just so cute as a couple. I thought the unibrow thing was hilarious. I think, like, them snacking in bed together and in their PJs, like, or her satin PJs and his hilarious robe. And, you know, it's just so interesting to see this fun and light couple compared to this couple that's, like, going through serious drama and major problems. And, you know, they're always going to be the comic relief for the show. And he was, like, touching her belly in those photos that Kim was taking. So I have to believe that when she was taking those photos, they had to know that, that Courtney was pregnant again. Like I, I I just feel like they had to know at that point. Um, But I don't know. I I love the storyline in general. Scott always lightens up the mood. Yeah. Especially (laughs) being so frustrated with the uh, Kim and Chris thing. Thank God for Scott because I would, I don't think I would have made it. I love it. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I think I think as she becomes, you know, I don't know how, how old is Mason. Uh, he right? just turned two. Two, yeah. I think yeah. I think as he, he gets older, yeah. I think as he gets older and she, you know, becomes more of a family, and I think the you know pictures will start going up more and more. This is kind of maybe how she feels now, um, especially kind of being away from your family, being in New York. You you know, I know that being from you know being from Michigan and being out here without my family, I was you know I have pictures of family everywhere, so I can you know you got to be constantly reminded um but they can always just turn on e if they want to see their family um but uh <laughs> yeah I, I love how uh how animated scott is he, he just <laughs> from coming from such a douchebag what he used to be to being such a funny charismatic you know animated he's like a cartoon character so doing those that, that the drawing and the painting it was perfect for them um but yeah, just it was it's it's good to see, and she she looks like she's enjoying it more and more and more each time they're you know with each other. She's laughing hysterically and can't you know even hold. Um, she, she always has a smile on. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I, two thumbs up for them. Mark, I want to play this for your family because they'll probably feel so good to hear you say that, that you want to have pictures <laughs> of your family and you sound like a true family guy. So that I'm just glad hearing that from you, Mark. But hey, um, I totally agree. Scott is hysterical. I mean, the Manny Petty robe thing, as <laughs> you guys said, in the bed. And I, Fabu, this is like a new, new word. I love it. He's like, this robe, I look Fabu. <laughs> $800 for a robe? That's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. He's so funny. And he really, as you said, he's really grown from a D-bag, I'll say, to uh, just a funny character. And and I think the the thing is about these storylines, they don't have drama, real drama, to work off of with them. So they kind of have to create these sort of everyday, relatable circumstances. So I pass it off. I'm okay with it because I think they just kind of show the day-to-day things couples might kind of encounter. And it's really their personalities with each other that make these storylines work for me. And I, and I, Mari, that was a good call on the pregnancy thing because even her face during the reading when he's like someone's pregnant or, or whatever he said, yeah, she, knew. She, looked so, she looked so guilty, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she totally knew that. Yeah, so uh, I wonder if his 
prediction of twins or two babies. I wonder if that means anything for Chloe. Uh, and we certainly have a bit of news and gossip about that. And we have news and gossip about, as I said, some uh, more fake than reality as far as filming the this season. And uh, Kim stepping out on the red carpet. So without any further ado, I think we should take a commercial and we'll get to news and gossip, our poll results from TheLegalLady.com, and predictions for the finale. After Buzz TV. Hi, I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag coworkers about it at the water cooler. Then I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds. Like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after-shows. From Boardwalk Empire, to American Idol, to Vampire Diaries, to Real Housewives, and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV aftershows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? AfterBuzz TV News. Okay, so I'm really curious to know what you guys think about this. There's an allegation being made that Kim's reality show, Courtney and Kim Take New York, is staged. Now, I'm not sure if anybody would be surprised by that. We're not sure if this is true, but the website Reality T dug deep into a scene from the e-show that was reportedly taped in Dubai in October and discovered that the Alpha Kardashian and her mom wearing it were seen in a paparazzi photo of them leaving a Los Angeles studio in December. In the scene where Kardashian confides in her mom about her new marriage where they're in the car, there's a noticeable change in audio and a smirk on Kris Jenner's face when her daughter says, I don't know, I'm just like learning a lot of things about him that I didn't really know before and I don't know, married life just isn't what I thought it would be with him. Uh, so if this is true, those are some very interesting details they dug up. And the paparazzi photo, the seeming insincerity of the exchange, and the car's blacked-out windows, I mean, that's a lot leading me to believe this story is true. Uh, and other blogs have taken to speculate this whole shebang with stage to make it seem like Kardashian struggled with her decision to divorce Chris Humphreys. So if it is in fact true that they staged a scene, I know other reality shows have done this. Would you guys be, how would you be affected by that as a viewer? I'm not surprised by that. And you could tell also because Chris tweeted something like, I don't remember, he said something like, the truth will come out, and there's been reports where his friends have said that, like, she reshot things, and also her confessional scene where she has her hair, like, pulled back in that severe ponytail, and she's wearing, like, a beige jacket. She's been in that same confessional scene the last, like, couple weeks of episodes, and so you can tell that that was shot after the fact. And, you know, her opinions on things are obviously based off of what was going on when she shot the confessional and not as she was taping events as they happened. Um, 
And also, like, things don't fall apart as neatly as in a, like, pretty little package with a bow on it as they are falling apart, as if I can call a marriage fall apart that. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, the storyline just seems too, um, like, just, it, it seems like it's going in a linear, like, way, whereas normally there's probably a lot of different things that happen at different times, and so I wouldn't be surprised if they went back and, and reshot and re-edited some things um, just to make it go, make make it make sense chronologically. Yeah, I think I think if to say that it's staged, I think absolutely, of course it is. I think <laughs> well, maybe not staged, but lightly outlined or lightly scripted. Um, but it, you know, the fact that they're they're claiming that I think maybe a reshoot for you know how they said the um, you couldn't really see outside of the car when they were driving. I think I mean I think absolutely. I mean I thought the hills was real. I still think the hill, the hills is real, and of course it wasn't. <laughs> but um, I mean. A show doesn't last this long without, you know, some kind of script or some kind of outline or, or frame that, you know, helps carry it along. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all kind of in the back of our minds, I think, know that. But um, we hope that, you know, for the sake of um, them, that it's somewhat real. You know, I can't imagine them all living a, you know, a fake lifestyle just, just for TV, although it's, you know, I think it's somewhat outlined or scripted. Right. Yeah, I don't think this changes my opinion. I feel like this is something I would already know and accept, as you said, maybe in the back of my mind. So uh, it still is television. At the end of the day, it has to flow nicely. So, uh, well, Kim Kardashian stepped out uh, to party just after we did our last week's After Buzz on Sunday night. She hit the after parties at the Golden Globe in Beverly Hills, and she was dressed to kill, I don't know if Phil has that photo to to pop up there if you haven't seen it yet, in a cleavage-bearing Bruce Ophiel black lace gown and Lorraine Schwartz jewels, and she was obviously attending the big biggest parties of the night, the Weinstein, Weinstein Company 2012 after party and the 13th annual Warner Brothers in Style Bash. Uh, she headed to the to the parties after watching the Golden Globe ceremony where Ricky Gervais uh, dubbed her a trashier Kate Middleton, of course, from home, and then uh, hung around with Project Runway's Nina Garcia and Heidi Klum and set, sipped cocktails. She chatted. She spent a few minutes with weightless singer Natasha Bedingfield and uh, as well Wilder, Wilmer Valderrama at the bar. So some uh stepping out there and uh she did i thought she looked beautiful but uh what do you guys make of her kind of hitting the party scene for the golden globe i thought she looked great but that's like embarrassing for her that she just gets totally ripped on at the golden globe by ricky gervais like comparing her to kate middleton and and her divorce and just taking all these cheap shots at her which i thought were well deserved but like that's just embarrassing that she then steps out i feel like it would have been better if she had just stayed home yeah, I mean, first first of all, she looks smoking. Oh, man. But, um, <laughs> yeah, she, uh, I mean, I like the fact that she went out after, after kind of being ripped on. You kind of have to take that as it comes. I mean, I'm, I'm sure she's, you know, it probably affected her a little bit, but she brushed it off. But I like the <laughs> scene uh, talking to Wilmer Valderrama, man. He's he's still a player. He's still just, is he? does he have a, a girl? He was just oh, with Demi no. Lovato, and then they had some big breakup. Uh, they, like, were caught hooking up, and then she went on, like, a Twitter rant and made it, uh, like, about how she hated boys, and sounds like they broke up. Fe- <laughs> Fez is still, still a player, man. 
Still a player. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, she's friends with Demi Lovato, I believe, so maybe that's why she'd be talking to him. But he's definitely, I'm sure, a player anyway. But um, I think, yeah, she doesn't seem to get affected by much, which I think is good sometimes and not so good other times, as we're seeing with this uh, season of her show. But uh, you have to give her credit for always being somewhat confident, even if she shouldn't be necessarily. I do think confidence is always a good quality. Um, but uh, also Kardashian fans, not that he's on this season's show, but we all care and love about Bruce Jenner. And there was news this week uh, that he underwent surgery on Friday to remove a cancerous growth from his face. Uh, TMZ first reported the news, noting that Jenner visited the dermatologist after noticing a red mark which following a biopsy proved to be cancerous. Uh, he is uh, apparently doing well and has been advised to stay covered up when he goes out in the sun. A source says they got it all and he's okay. So Bruce Jenner fans, not to worry. And I know, Mari, you're with me. I, you love Bruce. Everyone loves Bruce. I absolutely love Bruce, but I hope if they were filming during all this stuff that went down, that they do it tastefully, that it doesn't feel like they're exploding, exploiting what happened to him, but maybe using it as, you know, a platform for awareness to get checked or something like that, if, if, it, if it was filmed. Yeah, I think the awareness thing is cool, too. Yeah, I agree. And uh, now on to another father, and I'll put that in quotes. This National Enquirer story about O.J. Simpson being the biological father of Khloe Kardashian. I mean, of course, when you read this cover, O.J. Bombshell, I'm Chloe's Real Dad, included by a side-by-side -side photo of Chloe and O.J.'s daughter, Sydney Simpson, claiming the two women are lookalikes. Of course, if you're Kim Kardashian, you're going to speak out, and she was the first to mock this allegation by taking to Twitter, tweeting, oh, it makes sense now, Chloe, you're so tan. <laughs> that was actually kind of funny. I mean, you want to say it's ridiculous, but that's how ridiculous the story is. It deserves a ridiculous tweet like that. And um, uh, Chris Jenner did, took a more serious route to tweeting, saying, thanks for all your love and support today, dolls. Wow, some of those stories out there today are either fabricated or so 24 years ago. So uh, that's the take. And we saw OJ be mentioned tonight in the episode. Funny timing that he's mentioned in the episode and I that know, this right? news is breaking, I think. And finally, I have um, the changing results of the poll of did Kim and Chris marry for ratings. And it's interesting because I thought that after the last couple episodes that there would be more, a higher percentage of people thinking they both staged the marriage for the show, but it was actually the opposite. Now only 45% of voters say both Kim and Chris staged the marriage for the show. 29% say their love was for real and sometimes things don't work out. And 26 percent say Chris had no idea, but Kim married him for the ratings. Very interesting. I mean, I feel like those results represent the fact that we all, there's a little bit of everything. Nobody really knows what to make of it. Yeah. And uh, keep, keep voting, guys, on TheLegalLady.com because we will read the updated results next week. For the finale and uh, before we get to that two more quick bits of news and gossip the kardashian collection for years will also be uh, venturing into home 
and uh, cushions, bedding, pillows, bathroom accessories, shower curtains, uh, jeans, and swimsuits. So stay tuned for that. And also, Chloe Kardashian Odom took to Twitter saying she's not seeking fertility treatment. Uh, because there is so much speculation, here is my statement. I am not at this time in my life considering any type of fertility treatment. If and when I do, I will shout it from the rooftop, but for now, it's in God, God's hands. So we all wish her luck with that. But uh, certainly, John Edward definitely had to have given her hope mm-hmm. and uh, wish her good luck on that. And let's get into some predictions for the actual finale of Courtney and Kim and now, Take New York. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Okay, well, we've been saying it all night. The poll says it. We're all still kind of torn. What do we make of Kim and Chris? Next week is officially the end. I can't believe it. What are your predictions for the finale? Um, I'm just curious to see, like I said earlier, how much of the actual like divorce filing or them having a discussion of the divorce we see. Because you see like Kim and Chris on a date, and you see her crying again and saying that she doesn't want to be married. But that was all we saw, so... I don't know. I, I want to know what actually happens in the finale and how much viewers are privy to see. Yeah, I think I think we see the end. I think there's going to be a lot of tears, a lot of tears shed. Not on my part, on uh, her part. I was but, just um, going to say, on his part. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just, uh, I'd like to see how it all goes down. I'm, and maybe, you know, a special appearance by O.J. Simpson. That'd be kind of cool. And just throw him in there. And um, just kidding. But uh, At this point, I wouldn't be surprised. I know, right? <laughs> ratings. Let's get those ratings up. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it'll be very interesting to see how it goes down. I mean, we're, we're already at the end. Let's just see how they finish. Absolutely. I'm hoping for more answers. I feel like I did not get to make sense of the end of this relationship. And I feel my prediction is I'm not going to get the answers I want next week, (laughs) but we will see the end, uh, whether it will be a surprise to Chris, how it will play out, how much we'll see. Looking forward to that. And until then, definitely tweet with us. Mari Fagel, Jackie Moran, and Mark E. Allen, that's A-L-A-N, Uh, Follow us on Twitter and tweet with us leading up to the finale. And we'll see you next week for that finale after show of Courtney and Kim Take New York. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Bye. you later. Later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.